So we're a couple of uh, sessions now into a series that we started uh, called Both And, Being a Balanced Radical. And uh, the, the heart of what we're trying to do uh, as we do it, and I should just point ag again to this book, Both And, Living the Christ-Centered Life in an Either-Or World by Rich Nathan within Su Kim, uh, some of the, the basic idea of, of taking some of the points of tension in the church and, and trying to resolve them, not by ignoring them, but resolve them by finding the best in some of those uh, extremes and, and trying to live in both rather than seeing everything as something to uh, be in conflict over in the church uh, in, in the West in particular, in North America. We see that there's something to be learned uh, from both sides and, and somewhere to stand on both sides. So, so very often where Christians are either or Christians, we want to be uh, both and Christians. Uh, we're, we're looking at some of these areas of tension in, in the church, uh, tension between evangelical and charismatic, tension between an emphasis on social justice and the proclamation of the gospel, uh, between in the, the idea that Jesus meets us uh, in our suffering and the idea that he wants to bless us and heal us, grace and acceptance, personal holiness, uh, word, spirit, orthodox belief, relevant practice, those sort of things where there's constantly in the blogosphere all kinds of uh, tension and arguing and stuff back and forth. Uh, we look at some of these things. Uh, does God want to uh, reach out through social justice or through the proclamation of the gospel? And we say, yes. Uh, we, we, we believe both. And, and so how do we see those things together in the scriptures and how do we walk them out together as a community? Uh, rather than being either or Christians, we want to be both and Christians. And that this balance as both and Christians is actually uh, a radical place to be in. It's actually a transformative place to be in. It's actually a place that sets the church free to be what it really ought to be. But as we talk about that sort of sense of balance uh, between those things in the church, and, and it's my heart always as a pastor, right, to see peace and balance. There's also, and this is a disclaimer I gave last week, there's also uh, some danger in balance. Like balance isn't always a good thing in a, in a sense. You can achieve balance in some wrong ways. And, and, and in this particular case, on these particular issues uh, that we're talking about, say evangelical and, and charismatic, and I'll explain what those terms mean again, or, or whether we're led by the Spirit or we're digging into the Scriptures or whatever, uh, on, on a lot of those things, we can uh, avoid conflict and, and find ourselves in a place of relative balance and peace by just living really small by just not really engaging in, in those things at all. And, and what I'm calling us to and asking us to be as a church uh, when it comes to these things is I want us to live really large. I want us to, to achieve balance on, on these things that we're talking about this week, uh, the evangelical and charismatic, and we really covered the uh, charismatic side last week. I want to uh, achieve these things by us living big. I want us to live fully in everything that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out for us. I want us to live... Uh, in the gifts of the Spirit poured out. I want us to live empowered to do the things He's calling us to do. I want us to walk in all of that, and I want us to live in all of the stability and strength and, and, and foundational stuff that's really important to evangelicalism. I want us to live big in both of those areas. Uh, the other disclaimer I want to give as we get into this is that um, talking about these categories and, and talking about these words isn't isn't always in some ways really helpful. One, uh, a lot of people don't even know what these words mean, right? So, so we, we, we don't want to sort of live uh, with those kinds of labels. But um, 
as we have the discussion, uh, it's worth having the discussion so that we can just understand a little bit about who we are. Uh, categories are helpful for discussion, but they're not uh, helpful for living. I don't think God is about sorting his Skittles. And this is actually, I, I found this online. Like, you can buy one of these. It's a Skittles sorting machine. <laughs> just in case you don't like your colors mixed. And I, I don't think that's a very good picture of what God is. Right? God, God doesn't really want the church all sorted out into clearly defined categories. That, that doesn't sound like God at all. I think, I think God likes his church a little bit more like this. Right? So while we set up these categories for the sake of discussion... Uh, for the sake of understanding who we are and where we're at, uh, I, I really want to take us as a church, and I want to take uh, the whole church, and, and, and we, we want to see it mixed up a little bit, right? We want to see us rubbing shoulders with uh, Roman Catholics and Anglicans and Orthodox Christians and other streams of Christianity that, that aren't strong in North America, that there's much to be learned uh, from one another as we grow and the other thing is that uh, there's a lot of us, and I'm one of these who, who actually just resists labels. How many of you just don't like labels? How many of you just would really like to wear a sign on your head that says conservative evangelical? <laughs> you know, is, that, is that where we're at? Yeah, that's what we feel like right there. That's, uh, that's what life is like. We, we don't really want to live with those kinds of, of labels because they're, they're really confusing. But so, so while we're having this discussion, one thing I want to be really, really clear about is I am not looking to put a stamp on your forehead or a stamp on the church. This is who we are. I, I, that's not what I'm wanting to do, but, but we need to have a discussion about these things so that we can really understand uh, who God's calling us to be. Uh, last week, just to, just to bring us up to speed with that, one, that piece, we talked about really celebrating what it is to be charismatic, the, the charismatic church and, and what it means around the world. I put two numbers up there, 600 million and 30%. There are 600 million believers on the planet who would consider themselves to be either charismatic or Pentecostal or some form of uh, empowered evangelical believer, people who really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move through their lives and empower them and give them gifts. And this group is the fastest growing group on the planet. You know, we, we need to know this is the fastest growing group on the planet. Uh, it's outgrowing uh, the human population's uh, in terms of its birth rate, it's outgrowing Islam, it's outgrowing any other Christian group. Uh, empowered evangelicals, wherever the church is exploding around the world, it's, it's empowered, spirit-filled believers. And so if you want to pick a winning stock uh, for your portfolio, this might be one to just take a look at. So that's just what we're putting out there. So 30% of the believers on the planet uh, are really uh, asking God to fill them and empower them to do the work that God's calling them to um, and then when we talk about yeah, e evangelicalism on, on this other side, this other piece that we feel like is really important to us, uh, evangelical has become a, a pretty dirty word in our culture, hasn't it? Right? Is anybody, like, are, are you, like, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're part of the evangelical, did you know that we're part of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada? Uh, the Vineyard Churches of Canada are part of the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. It's a, it's a category of churches that we sort of most closely uh, identify with, but evangelicalism is, is not something that is, is all that popular when you're from the outside looking in at the church, 
right? And so this is just one sample. You could even look this up. I think there's a, some blistering criticisms of us as of evangelical on this particular blog. And there's lots of other writers who write things uh, like this, five reasons why evangelicalism completely lost me. And there's dozens of, of articles out there like this uh, that really challenge us. And this blog is called Formerly Fundy. I think that's a great, uh, great name, Formerly Fundamentalist, if you don't get what that is. Uh, but uh, just it's worth taking a look at that stuff and just taking a look at the criticisms against us. But at the same time, I want to say that, man, what an honor it is to be part of this community of believers. Uh, one, of, one of the great gifts that I had is being, being able to do the job of, of uh, leadership in Vineyard Canada was to go and meet all the other evangelical denomination leaders uh, in the country. And, and we met in Ottawa and sat in a room with, uh, with uh, uh, David Wells, head of the PAOC, Jerry uh, Taylor, head of the Baptist Convention, head of Christian Reform, Alliance, Mennonite Brethren, CFC, Free Methodist, and all of these evangelical groups in Canada. And what I could see is that these are wonderful, wonderful godly men and women who love Jesus. And, and love to serve and that there's something really, really beautiful at the heart of evangelicalism. And I'm convinced that at its core, uh, there, there's something really awesome here and really something really precious and something for us to, to protect in terms of this community of churches and community of denominations that we would consider ourselves a part of. But as we say that, and as we do that, and we look at what evangelicalism is and, and all of that, when you say evangelical, a whole host of other things come to mind. Peripheral things that have uh, really uh, caused, uh, made, made it impossible to see, in some ways, the beautiful things. So in order to talk about what evangelicalism is, it's, it's worth for a second talking about what it's not. Now, I don't like us being defined by what we're not, but, but I just want to just throw some of these things out there. I want to say this. I want to say... Being evangelical is not being part of a political party. Uh, there's, a couple, there's some really good writing on this, The Scandal of Evangelical Politics by Cider, uh, Power Politics uh, by Collins. Uh, there's lo- if, you, if you're interested in that sort of political, religious uh, question, there, there's a lot of, of really good reading that you can do there. But, but the thing I want to say is, is that uh, it's really important that we not let the church, that we not let faith be co-opted by, by politics. Now, the way this happened, this isn't the case in the church uh, worldwide, but it's certainly the case in the church uh, in the U.S. And, and in the case in the church in North America. And, and it really happened uh, in the late 1980s in particular, uh, 19, or late 1970s in particular, uh, 1973, Roe versus Wade, uh, abortion was legalized in, in the U.S. And in 1979, uh, leading up to the election in 1980, uh, the, the Republican Party really realized that they had a united voting group around this issue of abortion in, in the states. They had this, this huge mass of people. And so they, essentially they added an anti-abortion plank to their platform and said, this is what we are, and a whole pile of Republicans immediately had conversion on the issue, and, uh, and were, were immediately born again, and, and they won the election, and Reagan was elected. Now, I absolutely believe that abortion is a, ver- is a serious issue, and I absolutely believe Christians need to speak in politics. I absolutely believe Christians need to be involved. But what happened 
in the United States in that time. And what I think is, is in danger of constantly happening in Canada is that uh, the church is used as a vehicle to obtain political means. Now, do you think the body of Christ ought to be used like that? That lowers the body of Christ to a political tool. And from our perspective, looking at, at these and looking at, at politics, uh, the church really realized, wait a minute, we've got some clout. We've got some power here. We can get the issues we want dealt with done by aligning politically. And we got to like the power. Is politics or any political party or any government our means for achieving change in the world? Absolutely not. What's our means for achieving change in the world? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so that happened in the world. Uh, so, so being evangelical is not being part of a political party and some other sort of lesser issues that, that kind of often cloud this thing. Being av- evangelical is not having a particular stance towards Israel. Uh, our call as Christians is to be people who want to see Jesus' justice done in the world. Wanted to see Jesus' love poured out in the world. And when we align ourselves with particular nations, we do idolatry. We do, we're doing idolatry. Who is above all the nations? God is above all the nations. And the early, the Christian church uh, moved around the world with, with a radical rapidity, radical speed, because they went across national borders. They didn't respect any nations, not that they didn't respect leaders or pray for leaders or, or all of that, but they, they, they saw, wait a minute, this is something that is going to every human being on the planet. And so our questions when we think about Israel is we think questions like, uh, does, do the Jewish people, are they walking in Jesus' justice when they build settlements on lands which Palestinians have lived in over for thousands of years? Is Jesus' justice there? Is Jesus' justice there when a Palestinian person straps uh, a bomb on their chest and, and goes on a bus full, full of Jewish kids? Is Jesus' justice being done there? Where is Jesus' justice being done? And so we don't want these things co-opted uh, by that. Uh, being evangelical is not, a partic- is not a particular view of the end of the world. <laughs> it's not a particular view of the end of the world. And, and this is really tight. I know that poor dog, eh? That poor dog. It's not, uh, you know, John Nelson Darby in the early 19th century, he was an Anglican priest, he introduced this doctrine of the rapture around the verse, we'll, we'll meet Jesus in the air, right? And pulled that out and created this whole massive doctrine of the rapture. But did you know that for 1,800 years uh, before Darby, nobody read the scriptures that way? For 1,800 years, no Christian read the scriptures that way. There's room for tremendous diversity. And, 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 and I'm not saying not to engage in thoughts around this. I'm not saying to wrestle with this stuff. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying this is not central to who we are. This is not central to who we are. Uh, being evangelical is not being a protest movement. Uh, so often, yeah, bring back Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> being evangelical is not about, uh, about what we're against. 
Now, that again, that is not to say that we are not to be involved in seeing the right things done in, in our world and, and, and having influence in that way. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Look at the civil rights movement in the U.S. At the very heart of transformation of a whole nation was uh, black evangelical Christians, you know, and, and then eventually white evangelicals following along, like tremendous, tremendous gift uh, to the world at this point. But... Um, that can't be all we're known for is what we're against. And so I'm sure you're asking and you're wondering now, uh, you know, what is evangelicalism? What is it? What, what, is, what is the beautiful thing at the heart of all this? What's the beautiful thing in, in the center of all this that, that is really that leg that we want to stand on? Are you ready for it? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Jesus loves me, this I know. Evangelicalism is the people on the planet who believe that lives need to be transformed through a born-again experience and through a lifelong process of following Christ in a relationship that's filled with his love. That you can have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus. That's the heart of who we are. Romans 10 says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth, mouth that you profess and are saved. As the scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 1. And by this we know, First John, sorry, First John 2, 3 and 6, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him Truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides, lives in him, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. If you're an evangelical, you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus who loves you. Jesus who wants an intimate relationship with you. For the Bible tells me so. Evangelicals uh, look at the scriptures as our ultimate authority for faith and practice. This book is not just a book. This book is the living word of God. It's the living word of God. Do you have questions in your life? Do you have fears in your life? Do you not know what to do with your life? Do you have challenges in your life? 
your answers are here. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16. And from your childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so the person of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. The Scriptures are our source of understanding of Jesus, who is the story of Jesus and who he is is told in here. And if we want to know him, uh, we, 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 we start here. We, we know him here. We, we know what this man lived like because people walked with him and wrote down the story of how he lived. It, it's in here. This book is a love letter to his people. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. Faith implies action. Implies activism. The rest of that passage uh, in in Romans 10 that we read, uh, starting in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one from whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Evangelicals are those who believe that bearing witness to Christ in word and deed is how we live. We say it and we do it. James 2 is how we do it. Uh, If you have faith and I have works, how will someone say you have faith and I have works? Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll I'll show you my faith apart from works. Faith without works is dead. That we walk it out, we live it out, we serve the poor, we care for the poor, we see justice done in the world, we pour ourselves out for the lost and the broken. And we tell them Jesus' story and invite them into life. Evangelicals are people who say the things that Jesus said and do the things that Jesus did. That's the heart of evangelicalism. They are weak, but he is strong. We believe that this is all done through the power of the cross. Jeremy said it as, as well as I could in his, in his talk around communion. He's strong. He's strong. He, on the cross, uh, over 2,000 years ago, he dealt with the problem that separates us from God. God, very God, creator of the universe, Jesus, the one who spoke the world into existence, came into the world as a sacrifice for the sins of the world and allowed the world to nail him to a cross and to pay for all the stuff we've done, all of the pain, all of the war, all of the heartache, all of the wounding, all of the stuff we've done to each other, all of the things that you've done uh, to hurt all others, all of the things that others have done to hurt you. He carries it all on the cross. 
and he empowers us uh, to share that message. That's evangelicalism. That's evangelicalism. We believe in the cross. We believe in the resurrection. And so here we are, uh, balanced radicals. We believe that Jesus wants to have a relationship with, with every human being on the planet. And he wants to have a relationship with you. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, to have a relationship with you. And he wants to empower you by the Spirit, this other leg, this charismatic leg that we stand on, to do his works and tell his story in the world. If we have the knowledge of his story but not the power to tell it, then, then we're, we're, we're useless. We need both. 